CM Punk drops a huge hint that Daniel Bryan is all elite as we patiently wait for him to come to AEW. Welcome to Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, on this episode of AEW Dynamite, a lot of people were anticipating CM Punk talking. So he has this interview with Tony Schiavone. And during this promo, the crowd gives him yes chance after he puts over many young talents, including Darby Allen, his opponent for All Out. And CM Punk responds to the yes chance by basically saying, be patient. So what are your thoughts on this, Ralph? Is Daniel Bryan all elite? Well, he certainly laid it on pretty thick. And I think that when we look back to the weeks leading up to CM Punk's debut on Rampage, uh, AEW was certainly giving more than enough hints that uh, CM Punk was going to be there and that they he wasn't, you know, Tony Khan was not going to let the fans down. Now, I think the difference here was this certainly seemed to be impromptu, right? Because CM Punk said this and did this based on the reaction that he was getting from the fans, you know, with the yes chance and things of that nature. So um, I don't think he went out there planning to mention anything about Daniel Bryan or to drop any hints or anything like that. But this is certainly the biggest hint that we've gotten. There's certainly been speculation all over the internet, Twitter, everywhere about where Daniel Bryan is or plans on going. Um, and I think this is probably the first step towards confirmation that it looks like he may actually be joining AEW. Yeah, I think at this point, if Daniel Bryan didn't show up at SummerSlam or part of SummerSlam weekend, he was done with WWE. And outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I really don't see him going anywhere else. Uh, in another promotion, I don't see him in Impact or Ring of Honor. I see him in AEW. And I think a lot of people last night got the confirmation based on what Sam Punk said that Daniel Bryan's coming and <laughs> it's just a matter of when. And I think a lot of people are speculating it is going to be September 22nd at that Arthur Ashe show in New York, which I think would be a big blow to WWE. Not only that Daniel Bryan is showing up in AEW, but doing it essentially in WWE's backyard in New York City. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. When you go back and look at some of the comments that Daniel Bryan was making about uh, main eventing WrestleMania, working the first time in front of fans in God knows how long because of the pandemic, just not having that that feel or that passion that he was looking for. He said it almost felt weird to him that he, he didn't have some type of certain feeling that he was looking for. I think that uh, he's looking for something fresh. I know that all the rumors are kind of pointing to the fact that he wanted to work in Japan. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know if WWE would certainly be open to something like that, uh, given that he is one of their bigger stars. But um, yeah, I, I got to think that given the momentum that AEW has had over the last several months, especially given the fact that now they've signed CM Punk, I think that Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson or whatever he plans to go by uh, is certainly going to be showing up in All Elite Wrestling sometime soon. Well, probably going to be Brian Danielson because WWE owns the trademark for Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson being his real name. going to be hard to circumnavigate around that. Well, I know WWE trademarks real names, as yeah. we know, with uh, John Cena and Matt Riddle, but still, nonetheless, he'll wrestle under Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. And to go back about the Japan thing, if WWE would ever do something like that, remember... There were those reports earlier this year that Nick Khan was trying to get a deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling that right. circled around Daniel Bryan working in Japan. But, you know, one guy that has wrestled in Japan, part of All Elite Wrestling, is Chris Jericho. And he laid out somewhat of a bombshell on this episode. So he talked about his loss to MJF last week on Dynamite. Watch one more match with MJF on the consensus that if he loses, his in-ring career is over. 
So MJF does accept the challenge. We get that at All Out. So similar to what we saw with Roman Reigns here, Ralph, where he put his time in WWE on the line if he didn't beat Cena. Jericho's doing the same thing. Did this confirm Jericho wins at All Out, or is this his swan song? I was going to say, Jericho's got to lose this match, right? I mean, there's just no way that they'd invest this much time and effort in building up MJF just to have him just to have him lose to Jericho. And I, I know that Jericho's career is supposedly on the line here, but how many times have we seen that in wrestling? Somebody retires and they come back. There's a stipulation. And I think that realistically, Jericho probably wants to take some time off. He probably is realizing that he's older, um, that they have a lot of young talent that they can highlight. Uh, he can do just fine on commentary, as he pointed out. He can still be a guy that is on TV on a weekly basis, but maybe he just wants to take a step aside, um, make the fans miss him a little bit, and then there'll be some angle down the line where he comes out of retirement or you know, comes back and wrestles again. I, I I don't see MJF losing this match. I really don't. Don't don't forget also that Fozzie, I'm sure, is going to be touring soon. Right. So. He's going to take time off for that. And I know he doesn't necessarily need to take time off of AEW to do the tour because AEW doesn't have nearly as close to the schedule that WWE had where you're getting like 300 dates. You basically work either Dynamite or Rampage and that's it. And then the pay-per-view. So their schedule is much lighter so he can do both. But, you know, he's 50 years old. And yes, there are people older than him wrestling. None of them are really wrestling full time. So this could be a segue into a part-time role. Obviously, the commentary is a thing. I know a lot of people didn't like his commentary on Rampage in the first week. He was a little too loud, too obnoxious. Things he was saying wasn't really making sense. But there were times, you know, during the the early pandemic era where it was him and Shivani, and he was really good. So, uh, you know, there's something there with Jericho in commentary. Maybe needs to tone it down with the yelling and the screaming and talking so damn fast, but that happens with inexperience and commentary. Personally, yeah, I, I just I I don't see them investing this this much time in actually building up MJF. I mean, look, AEW still a relatively young company. MJF is probably one of the guys that they're looking to to be one of the top heels in AEW. So he's got to go over somebody. And if he's not going to go over Jericho, like you just wasted however long. I mean, this feud's been going on forever, I feel like. so. At least a year. Know. Yeah, Close and, that, and that's year. the thing too. You, you, you see Jericho, and I talked about this last week, more so Jericho than MJF, I guess, but he's really kind of distanced himself from the inner circle. You don't really see them coming out as a group. Proud and Powerful has their own thing going on with FTR, which certainly looking forward to that. Um, Hager, haven't really seen a whole lot from him. Um, and you know, if, if Jericho is going to step away, I think they're doing that intentionally. So that way it's just like, all right, well now what do we do with the inner circle? Yeah, that's true. I mean, they have their own individual storylines, I guess, Hager and Wardlow, even yeah. though they don't really do that anymore. It looks like Sammy and Sean Spears are done. I'm assuming next week, FTR and, uh, Santana and Ortiz, that's going to be, done at least for the foreseeable future. So with Jericho losing, that probably breaks away from the inner circle and let them do their own thing. But, you know, let's move on to another match that got added on to all out last night. And that is John Moxley will be facing uh, Satoshi Kojima of new Japan pro wrestling at all out. Uh, I think a lot of people aren't really familiar with Kojima he is a legend in Japan. If you follow Japanese wrestling, he is a legend there. But 
I think to those that really just started following New Japan Pro Wrestling in recent years, maybe, you know, when Kenny Omega came to rise and the whole Bullet Club thing, this guy's name wasn't really talked about. So you thought, oh, we're going to get Hiroshi Tanahashi and Moxley at All Out. That's not happening. In fact, uh, next weekend, Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to be facing Kota Ibushi for that IWGP US title at Wrestle Grand Slam. So I, I think a lot of people are a little let down by this announcement of Moxley versus Kojima. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the biggest issue, like you pointed out, is just the fact that unless you're a big fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, a lot of people don't know who this is. So this is going to be a first for a lot of people that watch AEW on a consistent basis or even for some of the people that are tuning in just over the past couple of weeks to see CM Punk and to uh, get 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 a little more acclimated to AEW now. So, you know, is it is it going to hurt the pay-per-view? No, it's certainly not going to hurt it. Um, I would have liked to see Moxley maybe wrestle somebody that is a little more well-known, but it's it's not like this is the main event of the night. So people are tuning in to see Punk, let's be honest. Exactly. Um, and there's a lot of... There's a lot of other matches that are intriguing, intriguing enough where this won't hurt the card. So, you know, it'll be a fun match. Right. And I, I was looking at the card after I, you know, the announcement was made that it's Moxley versus Kojima. And I was like, you know, this is kind of a letdown. I didn't know, I didn't know that Tanahashi was doing something next week uh, until after the fact. But obviously that's the reason behind that. Nine matches already on the card for All Out next week. And... You know, that's a lot of matches. I don't know if they're going to add any more, but clearly Moxley's on this show because he is a guy that people want to see. Kojima, I mean, it's going to be a good match. For those that have seen Kojima wrestle, you know this match is going to be good. Is it going to be a five-star match? Maybe not. Is it going to be the best match of the night? Maybe not. But I think it's going to be a change of pace from what you're going to see from the rest of the card. And I think it's still going to be a good match. Now, one match that... Could be very entertaining next week at All Out and could be a match of the night is the Young Bucks Steel Cage match for the AEW Tag Team Championship. We don't know who they're facing yet, but we do know the finals of that Tag Team Eliminator, which will happen on Rampage Friday night. It is the Lucha Brothers who beat the Varsity Blondes last night on Dynamite against the Jurassic Express. What'd you think of the tag team match, Ralph? And who do you got? in the finals on Rampage? Uh, I thought the tag team match was fine. Um, I think that we are going to get... I, I, I'm leaning towards Jurassic Express because I, I see some of the things are that I think they're kind of working towards. So I think eventually, you know, we're going to get the Lucha Brothers joining sides with with Andrade. Um, you know, Pat, that's going to leave Pac, obviously, the, the, the odd man out in that. Uh, and and I feel like, you know, they wouldn't have had that match a couple of weeks ago if they weren't going to try to build up the, build up Jurassic Express to get the revenge or get get the the titles away from the Bucks. So originally I was hoping for the Varsity Blondes. That's obviously not happening, but uh, I'm I think I'm leaning towards Jurassic Express here. Yeah, I, I'll admit I was impressed by that match last night. The Varsity Blondes really work well together as a tag team. As out, out of all four teams in this Eliminator tournament, they probably work the best as an actual tag team, like in the traditional sense. Lucha Brothers yeah. are great wrestlers but sometimes in their tag matches they do they're like two singles wrestlers doing singles matches private party i think is still a little green and Jurassic express they were really good on rampage and you know they they're impressive but the varsity blondes they really look like a traditional tag team and obviously 
Brian Pillman being the son of uh, Brian Pillman Jr. being the son of Brian Pillman Sr., part of one of the best tag teams in the early 90s WCW, the Hollywood Blondes, Brian Pillman and Steve Austin. It, it rubbed off a little bit, and you saw that, and they had great chemistry. Bright future for those guys. Uh, in this match, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think Jurassic Express is going to beat the Lucha Brothers here, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's a cage match, so let's see what the Luchadors and the Young Bucks can do in a steel cage atmosphere, what kind of high spots they're going to have. I think you're going to get more high spots from the Lucha Brothers than you are with the Jurassic Express. Nonetheless, I'm going with you. I think the story's there with the Jurassic Express. Obviously, the tie-in with Christian Cage and Kenny Omega, too, plays into a role. But I, I, I would love it if it's Jurassic Express because Jungle Boy is a guy they want to push. Jungle Boy is a star that they're trying to tell you is a star. Yeah. If he loses to the Lucha Brothers, which, granted, they're great, they're great wrestlers and great tag team, but not exactly the star power I feel right now that Jungle Boy has in AEW. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, you know, we keep hearing, you know, Jungle Boy is going to be the future. Jungle Boy is going to be a star. Well, um, you got to put some, if you're not going to put the champ, the heavyweight championship on the guy, uh, he's got to start somewhere. So tag team championship seems like a suitable start. Yeah. Now, you know, wasn't much to this show. I got to admit, Ralph, this was a very interesting show because you're following it up with what happened on Rampage, you know, and CM Punk debuting and you, you stack the card up in a way where I feel like there's a lot of recognizable names so that those laps WWE fans and those casual fans show up and watch the show. However, I felt like there were times the crowd was off. I felt like the matches weren't exactly great, except for the main event. I think, you know, Malachi Black looked good in, in the mat in this, you know, the match. And the tag team match with the varsity blondes and Lucha Brothers was good. But to me, this felt like AEW was the B show. Well, if there was ever a time where you knew you were going to get an influx of viewers because of CM Punk, given the numbers that they did on on Rampage, you would think this would be the card or that that they would utilize to to show those. I don't know if you want to call them casuals or fans that were interested to sh to to show them what AEW could do. Um, I think that they did a good job catering to maybe the lapsed WWE fan or the fan that doesn't watch WWE anymore or some of the fans that were just intrigued that Punk was going to be there his first time on, on Dynamite. Um, you know, they had Matt Hardy on. They had some other former WWE guys like Aleister Black. So um, I, I think that was smart. Where I think they dropped the ball was I think they could have used one or two matches to highlight some of their guys that had just have frankly, put on like banger matches in the past on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. uh, Dar Darby Allen, he, he, he certainly had a match, but at the same time, like we've seen him have, have great matches. And, and I don't know if that was the best use of him. Um, you know, some of the other, other guys or individuals that were used, it just didn't make sense to me because it's like, okay, you know, you're going to get a fresh audience here. So why not try to highlight some of these individuals that maybe we're not, th those fans aren't accustomed to, because it's probably the first time they're going to see them. And who knows if, if they decide, oh, you know what? This isn't for me. It might be the last time that they see them. Who knows? Right. I, I mean, I understand the approach that AEW went with this week. You know, they, they showcase everybody that was important, but they didn't want to overshadow them with someone else. Like, you know, Darby Allen has, has the six man tag against the, the wing men. Obviously they're going to win that match. And obviously they're going to get a lot of shine in that match. So why, 
sacrifice potentially getting one upped if Darby Allen has a match, let's say Miro or or Lance Archer or someone that actually has a little bit more star power than the wingman, you know. But isn't that isn't that why people don't watch WWE because they don't like squash matches? And I'm not saying it was a squash, but it's not, not exactly like it's not necessarily squash matches. I think it's more repeated matches that they hate. Like squash matches have their value on a show. They just have to be used right. Uh, and, you know, I, I felt like this week's Dynamite, they attempted to showcase Darby Allen. They attempted to showcase uh, John Moxley and, you know, QT Marshall and some of these guys that are going to be on the all-out card. But did they do so in a way that people will watch next week? That's the question you got to have. Yeah, I, I people are going to watch for Punk. And people are, if Daniel Bryan goes there or Bryan Danielson, the people are going to tune in for that. The key is going to be retention. Like, you know, what's going to be that other, okay, you're tuning in to see Punk, but how do you make sure that they're staying tuned throughout most, if not all the segments that, that you put on throughout the night? And last night, I think they had a really good shot at, you know, attracting new fans, even given the numbers yes, that, that were reported, which were good. How many of that? I, I mean, look at, look at it this way. How did they open the show? You know that you're getting a new fan, ba- uh, fan base or some fresh fans that are going to be tuning in. The very first thing that they see is shin kicks and delete back and forth. And it's I'm not like, going to okay, lie. Well, I'm not going to lie. I, I laughed at that spot. I really did. I laughed at the whole spot. It was funny. It's fine. It's fine. The problem's going to be, it's not for everybody. Right. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there were some good highlights in, in the show that we talked about already. I, I liked the Dan Lambert backstage promo with the men of the year. I thought that was good. This seed planting of the Dark Order possibly breaking up or yeah. uh, a mutiny against Evil Uno where maybe he's getting power hungry now that, you know, they need a leader in the Dark Order or whatever. I, I thought that was nice. Um, but I'm with you. I think there was something that they may have dropped the ball on there. Who knows? I mean, they were number one in the 18 to 49 demo this week, 1.17 million viewers. That's definitely a really good showing. I think that 18 to 49 rating was the second highest in AEW's history since they debuted on dynamite. So obviously a very positive outcome ratings wise. And you know, punk is maybe a needle mover after all Roman, who knows, but We'll see in the weeks to come. But let us know in the comments what you thought of AEW Dynamite this week. Are you excited for John Moxley and Kojima? Subscribe, hit that bell for notifications, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.